right, and we are back. Welcome into another joyous episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Wednesday, April 26th, on the eve of the 2023 NFL Draft. We'll get to that in a bit. It is a joyous day. Aaron Rodgers is a New York freaking Jet. Trade goes through on Monday. We're going to talk that. We're going to get into Quinn and Williams taking a look at his uh, subtle jab at the Jets on Twitter as well, too. And then we'll go through and we're going to do a mock draft through PFF's mock draft simulator. Um, before we get to all that and before I ask Teddy how he's doing, even though I spent the weekend with him, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same with the YouTube Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Spring Blake with four A's. Teddy, uh, we partied hardy this past weekend. You have yeah. a good time? We did. I had a great time. It was a great weekend getting getting back out on the town a little bit, you know. Don't do that as much as I did in my young days. Yeah. And then started off the week right with Aaron Rodgers news, man. I mean, we we've been saying it's been funny because it was that it was that world of like, I want to be the guy who's confident that it's going to happen because I I know it is, but you still worry every day and you're like, is are we gonna get fucked here? And now, you know, it's it's basically all but official that it's done and he's here so let's fucking go i saw the introductory press conference was just announced a few minutes before we started recording it is going to be oh really pull it up they have scheduled it for where is it i'm killing dead air dead air that's all right tomorrow or today when this podcast is coming out at 2 p.m so we'll have the aaron Rodgers introductory press conference he's given the official goodbye to the packers not a long time to wait this is as official as it can fucking get. Uh, full trade details, Teddy Pristash. Um, and, and by the way, before we actually get into this, I want to thank you all so much for listening to us. Um, we are at episode 50, a good landmark show for us. Yeah. Halfway to 100. Yeah. Um, it's been cool. We've been doing this for a little bit of, over a year now. Obviously, we missed some episodes. So we're not at that exact 52, but uh, we've been doing this and, and I've been enjoying it. So thank you, Teddy, for doing it. Thank you all for listening. And um, it's been cool to see it, it continue to grow as we've done more and more episodes. And I think me and Teddy, we kind of sit back and we laugh. We're like, oh, shit, people are actually kind of listening to us. So it's been fun. Thank you, Teddy. Thank you all for listening. And um, a great way to celebrate episode 50 with Aaron Rodgers uh, officially being a New York Jet. Anything to yeah, add? Yeah, hell yeah, ditto all that. Yep, no, okay, cool, you know, fantastic. Same thing. Thank you, appreciate people listening. Let's rage. Let's rage. Okay, so the Jets receive Aaron Rodgers, uh, pick 15 and pick 170 in this year's draft. And the Packers, they flip with that first, so they are now picking at 13 overall uh, in this first round this uh, Thursday. Also get pick 42 um, which means the Jets hold on to pick 43 in that scenario. They get pick 207 this year and a conditional 2024 second round pick. The stipulation being that if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of his snaps, um, that will then turn into a first round pick next season. So, um, Teddy, for the most part, the trade details we were all basically looking at, we knew that one of those second round picks would be in there. Um I don't know why we never thought of a hypothetical switch with the first. It's probably a good leverage point for the Packers there to just be like, hey, we picked two picks apart. It doesn't matter that much to you guys, right? Let's just make a flip there. Um, and then we knew there would be some condition with that next year's second round pick. And obviously playing 65% of snaps, you assume the Jets are in a pretty good spot if Rodgers is there. Um, so then it would bump it to a first round pick. When you saw all of the trade details come out and officially where it was at, uh, what were your thoughts on what the, what the Jets ended up giving up to bring in Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, initial reaction, like you said, uh, the pick swap was not something I expected. I, I like saw the the notification. I read Aaron Rodgers and pick 15. I was right, like, wait, like, what's Whoa. happening here? <laughs> um, which was funny. And in Joe Douglas's press conference um, a few days ago, he did say like that was basically the last thing that was added to the deal um, that probably just like pushed it over the top and got it done. Yeah. Um, my initial re- i mean my initial reaction was obviously awesome like let's right. fucking go we got this deal done that's all i cared about um i was definitely a little surprised by um the reaction from fans like like obviously everyone was excited but pretty quickly after the initial excitement was that that kind of wave of people like why did we give up that much it seems like we overpaid it seems like we paid a little more than we were originally going to that is just like it makes absolutely zero sense mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Like, like because 
the framework that we everyone was like, oh, we're not going to give them a first. We're not going to give them a first, which what we really meant was we're not going to give them this year's first. And everyone kind of knew that the second the conditional second rounder for next year that could potentially be a first was going to be in there right now. Would it be slightly better for it to be like, oh, it's a first if you win the Super Bowl, opposed to if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps? Yep. Yes, sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, it yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, basically, this is the deal that, that we expected with a, a second this year and a first or a second, can, like probably a first next year. And then you throw in the pick swap, which obviously is a little bit of value for the Packers, but then... We also swapped a, a six for a five. So it's like, you know, basically it was a little bit more than what we anticipated, but yeah. really it's the same like framework that we were anticipating. So it's just kind of like, that was just funny to me that people were even going to say that because it's like, well, basically this is what we were hoping for the whole time, just with a little, little added, uh, you know, spice. So I, 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 don't fret about the compensation. And I also have appreciated um, Connor Hughes coming out and basically saying like, listen, the idea is that Aaron Rodgers is pretty, pretty in on playing two years here, maybe even longer. Right. Um, and hopefully that can be the case and hopefully we have success. Um, so, you know, yeah, no skin off my back. Yeah, you know, uh, that that last point you just made it, it was uh, Joe Douglas even said it earlier today. He's like, I'm not going to speak for Aaron Rodgers, but, we feel pretty good about this being a little bit more than just a one year yep. thing in New York in New York. And we've seen quarterbacks extend their careers late in the game. And, you know, Rogers didn't have the best year by any means last year. He was banged up. He didn't have as good of an offensive line. He lost Devonte Adams, but uh, you, you know, over the test of time that an arm like that and a talent like that and a, a quarterback with a brain like that, um, the way he processes the game, he's going to be able to keep churning along past one. And, and like you said, maybe even two more seasons. Uh, I, I completely agree with you with the trade compensation. Like, sure. I would have loved to have kept 13. Um, sure. I would have loved if it was a like playoff or an AFC championship game and, and it becomes a first round pick at the end of the day. You, you, when I, when I thought about the 65% of plays, I thought about it in this way. If Aaron Rodgers had played 65% of snaps for the Jets this past season, they'd be in a hell of a lot better spot than they ended up being in. So like in my head, I was like, okay, at the very end of the day, I would have taken Aaron Rodgers 65% of snaps to make that a first round pick because they would have been in the playoffs. They would have been pushing toward, you know, the divisional round and potentially further. So all things considered, I didn't really mind that. Obviously, it would have been nicer to get a little bit more security on it. Um, but I would say at the very least, I would be surprised if if and this is, you know, one of those things where we could be looking at it nine months from now being like, holy shit, you know, Aaron Rodgers played 65 percent of snaps. But we're sitting here at this point where we're still like a middling team. But you would be under the assumption that this team and Aaron Rodgers playing the majority of the snaps for this team, that they would be pushing toward, um, you know, playoff contention and a deep playoff run. So I agree with that. There are just these things where it's like these little, little nuggets where it's like we could look back at this and it could really burn us. You know, not only do we switch, I know it's just two picks from 13 to 15, but, you know, we just we slide right behind <laughs> the Patriots. You know, we slide right behind New England. So New England's going to get a chance to take a guy before us now where we were picking ahead of them on, on Thursday. You know, that God forbid. Truly nothing. But 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 what if it does? What if they what if they what if what if we're sitting there in this mock draft simulator that we're gonna go later to on and yes, the top I the top three tackles saying. are all gone because New England took the third one? Like what if there are these hypotheticals where it's like Green Bay yes. moving up has some of the But same I don't think that needs. has anything to do with New England. No, I think that's just moving back to but it sucks to, that it is New England. You know what I mean? It, it sucks that it's what if it, you're going to listen to Scott talking about it. You guys say, say, say New England takes like a, like an all a pro yeah, bowl. Tackle I see where you're coming from. And the Jets, it'll it's be these little things where if, if all things considered, it's like, we got to win that one for pick 14 versus pick 15. We got to win that one. Exactly. We got to get, just, we got to get the better player. All right. It's all right, not the end of the world. It's like these small That's little inconveniences. Don't even think about the real Super Bowl. I just want to win that pick. Yeah, it's it's just small inconveniences where we could look down the road and and you know and 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 the Patriots fans maybe they get the guy that that the Jets could have really used on the offensive line and we're sitting there with an old Aaron Rodgers and we didn't accomplish what we wanted and now it's like oh we miss it it's it's very tiny things that are aren't important at the end of the day because at the end of the day it was getting Aaron Rodgers in the building and that's what they accomplished but these like just small little things that we'll just always keep an eye yeah. on yeah.
I do want to uh I, I want to get this take off. Take, take off, off RP. Um <laughs> like so so this whole idea about the condition behind the the second round pick, right? Like it would have been awesome if it's if it's like, oh, you have to make the playoffs or win the Super Bowl or AFC championship. Cause that's basically saying, like, we'll trade you for Aaron Rodgers. And if he's awesome, then we'll give you a first. And then yep. if he's not awesome, like, then it's no no big deal. Um, I do think that's kind of like bullshit. Like, you should have to call your shot in a way. Like, so obviously <laughs> I get it's not better for the Jets. But yeah, when you're making sure. a trade, you're not trading for like, oh, well, we'll see how he does. And then, and then I'll let you know. It's like, okay, barring – this is basically an injury clause. It's like barring Aaron Rodgers gets injured – uh, we're going to go ahead and, you know, assume that we're like, we're paying the correct value for this guy. So that's just kind of a random thing I was thinking about. Not that obviously it would be better for the Jets otherwise, but it's like, Hey, we're calling our shot a little bit. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those things where yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I feel like it's just a new take I'm going to have. I was surprised, like it, it, just a hair surprise. Cause at the end of the day, it was like you said, it was basically the same package we thought we were going to be getting for two months now, basically. But I was surprised that the Packers were able to get these small little things attached in at the yeah. end, like the, like the first round swap. So it, it was interesting because to me, <clears throat> you know, for months I, I was very much convinced like Rogers is a jet and, and obviously we got to that point, but I was surprised. Cause like there were those rumors about other teams. There were rumors about, he just would stay on green Bay. Like none of that ever made sense to me. So I was, I, I, it'd be so interesting to know if there was any of those like small possibilities of coming true where, where at the end of the day, they were like, okay, well, Rogers is going to want this. So let's just do these small little things to get the job done and send right. this deal through. Yeah, I do think, you know, Rogers did like, it did come out a couple of days ago that it was basically the jets or nothing, which, yeah. which I appreciate. Um, but, but yeah, I, it, this whole time, right? It's like, okay, so the so the framework is in place, but what's kind of holding it up? And then with that, it's like, what is going to push this over the edge? Yep. And I think, you know, probably for just ignorant, like being ignorant on my and not realizing that the Packers had the 15th pick, um, just like little things like that. Like, I didn't think of that as a potential way to like add some value, you know? Because yep. if you're just talking about two picks, it's like, well, what? what we're just going to jump from a second to a first, like that's a huge jump in value, you know? So you had right. to find these little things and, and, you know, credit to the Packers for kind of getting the, the positive side of that. Um, but at the end of the day, we were going to have to do something to, to kind of push us over the top. So we did. And it's done. And he, he's a quarterback. And, and you know what I think I love more than anything is obviously jets fan base is so excited, but seeing the players, you know, switching yep. Aaron yep. Rodgers number eight jersey to the profile picture. You got Sauce showing the text conversation you had with Rodgers with the cheese head. The boys yep. are excited. Yep. The boys are very yes. excited. So uh, it's it's cool to see that. You know, Teddy. For those um, you know, you can't see Teddy is wearing his Elijah Moore jersey that I think he's just gonna tape Rodgers on the back for yep. uh, next season. So I probably won't even about... do that, but I'm just gonna like wear a jacket or just like hope people only look at my front i'm getting i'm getting right? a rogers jersey I, now that it's through i feel now like that i got eight, it too but i'm getting one i got to he's my boy um, i i i really think it's an awesome move from rogers to wear number eight like i wouldn't have cared if he had worn number 12 like whatever but for the for the reputation that he has i guess for being like this egotistical dude like all about him whatever like everyone loves to talk shit on rogers like it it probably doesn't matter in the slightest but like for me to just see it's like he got joe Namath's blessing he could have kept his jersey but he came to the jets he said i'm not gonna do that i'll just wear number eight we'll do that like that's a solid move in my book that yeah. that, that gives him some brownie points yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have no opinion on it. I would have been fine if he kept twelve. I it, it's cool that he's switching to eight. It'll be something new. It's 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 you know it's like a it's a new chapter essentially. Um, you know he, he sent out a very heartfelt like a long heartfelt message to Green Bay, um, which was cool to see. After you know it was it wasn't like things got sour with him in Green Bay, but you could tell like as it was getting toward its end that it wasn't as 
you know, warm and fuzzy as it was during the two MVP season. So Definitely I didn't care not. about the jersey either way, but like it, it'll be cool that he's no, that, yeah. eight. It's cool to go with the college number. Um, and it's it's yeah, it's a it's a fresh start for him. I'm I I couldn't be more excited. I mean, you know, we talked about you know, we've talked about this for months and to get it to its, you know, conclusion. And we're at this point where the Jets are now sitting as a legitimate contender in the AFC. There's still work to be done and they have to play the games. But, um, you know, we, we've been doing this show for, for a, a year and some change now. And it's like the, 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 I tweeted it this morning off the, the, the Twitter account, but the, the turnaround since chasing 69 started off where we killed it in the draft, had some great free agent signings. Um, and then we come along as well too. And, and now land Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard. It's a, so it's a good time um, for the Jets fan base. And I, you can speak to that more than I can, but uh, very cool to see. No, 100%. I mean, I definitely remember, you know, two years ago in the the Zach Wilson draft and with Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, like, like I remember Jets fans being excited, but the storyline was, <clears throat> you know, this is a two-year process. Like we need next year. We got a lot of picks next year, whatever. So then to get through that and then to be kind of on this other end, and I love the fact that it's like this team quarterback's not a question mark for this team, you know, and when we drafted Sam Darnold and when we drafted Zach Wilson, you have these high hopes for these guys. You, you, you imagine them at their ceilings and then you just really got to kind of like cross your fingers and hope for the best as a fan, you know, like you can, you can say you watch all the film, you can like a guy, you can do all that. But it's like, once the game starts, it's like, you got to just hope that your guy plays well. Um, so as we've been on this hunt for like a quarterback, you can rely on. And then we enter into free agency this year. And I'm sitting here saying like, give me Derek Carr, give me fucking Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, give me anyone who I can just say like, that is a real quarterback who I can trust and who can, who can play. And then like, you're going to give me Aaron Rodgers. you know, like it, it's just what a fucking roller coaster of emotions and what like, uh, like, like truly it's like reaching the mountaintop of something that we haven't had before, you know, and obviously there's yeah. a lot more to go and a lot more actual tangible things. But the idea of like, Oh, we have a, a you know, top five, top 10 quarterback in the league who we know is going to go out there and at least be able to perform at an above average level. Like that's fucking awesome. Beautifully said. How is the family excited? Are the, are the boys, uh, the Pristash boys? Oh hyped? yeah. I mean, yeah, the boys are, the boys are hyped up. My brother, he kept just being like, Hey, Ted, Aaron Rodgers is the, is the Jets quarterback, you know, like we're, <laughs> we're excited about it for sure. So good. 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 Yeah. Anything, anything else with the Rodgers deal? We have to go to some other drama in Jets land. Um, Cause it, it, we can't, um, we can't put out a fire without starting another one um, here. I know. In, in right. Can anything go, go well for us? I, I don't think so. I think anything we can talk about our boy. Yeah. Let's talk about Q. him. Quentin Williams, um, you know, we we mentioned it as like a news and notes from a few weeks ago about him not being at the voluntary minicamp. Very expected for guys that are not, you know, um, under, you know, that haven't gotten that contract extension that are waiting for it. And then the big one today as um, Joe Douglas is doing his pre-draft uh, press conference, uh, he, he puts out this little clip um, about, you know, saying that the Jets are optimistic and hopeful on getting a deal done with Quinn and Williams. Um, SNY Jets tweets out that video. Quinn and Williams uh, quote tweets it with the optimistic air quotes and then a gif of him sipping on some tea. So, Teddy, that brings us to this world now. As you say, we we put away the Aaron Rodgers fire, and this one starts. Um, Quinnen Williams still remains without a contract extension. Um, I'm assuming he wants to be the second-highest-paid defensive tackle in football, and I say second-highest because no one is touching Aaron Donald's $31.67 million. Um, when you heard about the tweet, when you heard about the shout-out, the little jab he's taking at his GM – amidst all of this what are your first thoughts yeah i mean definitely not what you want to see um <laughs> when when you're you're hoping to to sign a guy um but you know it's an interesting situation definitely because we do have you know we've been dealing with this aaron Rodgers stuff we have the draft coming up like i definitely would assume that that Joe Douglas and this jet staff like wants to get this deal done and definitely doesn't want to let it slip through their fingers, but to see that like, clearly they're not on the same page and, you know, things have been going back and forth enough for Quinn and Williams to like go out and make something 
like that and to kind yeah. of just like do that it's definitely not ideal i do you know and 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 definitely tell me if you disagree with this but in this like new age um with with contract disputes and, and things that we've seen like social media is often used right like a player will unfollow yeah. the team or will remove the pictures or like all these little things right and uh, a lot of the like older media people kind of say like the day that I, you know, talk about someone unfollowing someone is, is the day I quit my job or whatever. But these things are obviously happening for a reason. I, and maybe this is the optimistic person in me, but I definitely kind of think that it's like, this is a um, negotiation tactic, you know, where I wouldn't be surprised if, if, Quinn Williams agent is saying, listen, like do something like put a little heat on them right here, you know, yeah. like make, make it, make it seem like you're not happy because they're going to want to get this job done. So like, it, am I completely panicked? No, I think this is the type of deal that is going to have to be hashed out. You know, Joe Douglas is a stickler on, on contracts and, and things like that. And I, He's always like super OD about like, right now I'm focused on the draft and then I'll focus on this, whatever. Um, so, so I think it's the, the type of thing that's going to go on over the next couple months. Um, but, you know, am I still confident it gets done this off season? Yes, for now, but I'm starting to worry. Yeah, I think when you started speaking about that, the the agent part popped into my head because it may not even be something on Quinnen's own behalf that he went and did that. You know, maybe it's the agent that's just like, here, push this button, get this trigger point going, get people on social media talking, replying to every Jets tweet about extending Quinnen Williams. You know, this is a big, big week um, for the New York Jets, especially with this draft coming up. So there's a lot of buzz going around. So um, I, I was shocked by it just because of the fact that you know, Quinnen, like we, you know, we've talked about so many times, it's not even just the fact that he's a, you know, he's, he's one of the big voices in that locker room. He's essentially the leader of that defense there. Um, one of the young guys that's really come through and, you know, for a team that is drafted high so many times over the last few years, and some of these picks don't pan out and you've got a list full of busts, you know, to finally have a homegrown talent come through there at a position that is important to this front office and coaching staff, you know, that's the other part that gets to me too. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I still do believe the deal gets done. Um, but I'm, I am a little surprised it hasn't gotten to that point yet, just because of how important, you know, a, a front four is um, in, in this, you know, Robert Sala led defense and how deep they want the defensive line to be and how important interior guys are becoming, you know, Robert Sala almost throughout his entire career. When you go back and you look through uh, his defenses were highlighted by a premier defensive tackle. San Francisco, before he got traded away, it was DeForest Buckner, and they rotated in some other guys after. In Jacksonville, early days, you got Calais Campbell. Like, you know, it's it's been a very important piece to every Robert Sala-based defense. Um, so it, it's an important position. It's a guy that was drafted by the organization. He's young. He's playing lights out fresh off an all pro season. Um, I am surprised because when you take a look at the, you know, the, the top five defensive tackles, and that's where I'm landing at is, you know, Quinnen Williams wants to be the second highest paid defensive tackle. Um, Aaron Donald is an anomaly. He signed a very lucrative contract short years just because he's probably not going to be around too long. So you, you take him out at the 31.67 million, take him out of there. Jeffrey Simmons, and that's, and that's yeah. yearly. That's his yearly, yearly. salary. That's his yearly salary. Okay. It's in just want to confirm insane um the second highest paid right now is jeffrey simmons who just got extended by the titans three weeks ago in a very similar situation to quinnon um you know a little bit later of a pick i believe he slid into the 20s or late teens that season but just got a four-year extension um that is going to make about 23 and a half million a year uh deron Payne is the third highest paid defensive tackle in football right now at 22 and a half million average salary he extended this past march uh with the washington commanders after being franchise tagged DeForest Buckner, the number four highest paid defensive tackle in Indianapolis. And then Javon Hargrave, who was a free agent this past offseason, is making $21 million a year to go play in San Francisco now for the 49ers defense. So when you're looking at these, uh, uh, three of those top five have been extended in uh, or signed or extended in the last two months. So the defensive tackle market is continuing to go up. And it seems to be at this point that right now, the, the final piece for it is Quinnen Williams. Now, 
could have been patience on his end, waiting for everybody's deals to get wrapped up so he could figure out what money he wants to come in at. So maybe some of this is him waiting for that market to develop. And like I said, Jeffrey Simmons was was early April. I think it was the 7th of April. So it's only been a few weeks since then. Um, so, you know, up until this point, it could have been, you know, on Quinnen's side waiting, let the other dominoes fall. You know, I was an all pro this year. These are top defensive tackles, but I want to see where I should be getting paid respective to other people playing at my position. So it could be on both sides. Now it could be that, that Quinnen waited this long and now he's coming with his number that he wants. And the jets are like, well, let's, let's wait a little bit. Let's get through the draft and figure this out after like, like you said, I still believe it does get done, but I am just a little concerned that, um, you know, for a guy, and this was a point that you brought up, Joe Douglas and his uh, inability to to retain, you know, drafted talent here in New York. Um, I, you have it, you know, draft picks that Joe Douglas has re signed since 2019. None. That's the answer there. Yeah. Um, a little, little <laughs> worrisome. I, it goes really back farther, farther than that draft. Um, and, you know, to be fair to the point, like our, our drafts, before that were not very strong and this is kind of the first guy who's like this is the time to get it done but it is just one of those situations where it's like we've yet to see it get done you know like like a lot of people wanted him to, to re-sign Jamal Adams and he didn't yep. so you know do I think he can't re-sign draft picks or he he should have re-signed guys that he didn't no, no. but just the fact that it, we've yet to see it you know is he going to be kind of just willing to play ball? And because, because, I mean, you laid it out perfectly. Jeffrey Simmons signed this, this deal, uh, you know, this month with 23 and a half million a year, like there you go. So Quinn and Williams going to be making more than that. 24, 24 is the 26. starting point. 24 is the starting right. point. Right. Exactly. Um, which I think is fair. And I think he deserves it. Um, obviously, like to me, let let's let's remember we're we're doing this Aaron Rodgers stuff. We're taking on cap. Obviously, um, I think it was like forty million that that Aaron Rodgers is taking in a signing bonus. So it's only like a, a fourteen or fifteen million dollar cap hit this year, which is good. But Created it still a... puts the Jets over the cap. Yeah. Um. Still, kind of like like there's there's things to be done before we can make any moves. I feel like. Um. I also just think it's like a, it's an interesting situation, right? Cause from Quinn and Williams perspective, I wouldn't think he really wants to play anywhere from the, then anywhere other than the jets. Right. It's like, you're like you said, he's the leader. I believe he's the longest tenure jet on this team right now. Um, he is, he's at least the, the, you know, he's the longest drafted jet. Um, he his brother's on the team. He clearly has friends on the team. He's clearly like a good vibes guy and he's a dominant piece of a dominant defense. Right. Yeah. So that's one side of the coin, but then you kind of flip it. And it's like, with all that Quinn and Williams could still probably, you know, he's good enough to kind of get his way and hold out and, and do whatever he wants. And from the jets end, it's like, what happens if you don't have Quinn and Williams suiting up for you? You know, it's like, that's not really an option because you lose, it's basically your best player on defense or top, top two, depending on how you want to rank sauce Gardner. And then, you, you know, you're losing a huge piece of your D line, which is what you preach is the most important part of your defense. It's, it's what Robert Sala has always focused on. And then you have a, you know, already a weak room behind it that, that we've been talking about needing to add a few more pieces. It's just like not really an option that this deal doesn't get done. So, you know, are the Jets going to have to give a little? Are Quinn going to have to give a little? I'm sure they'll find that that compromise, but it's really like like this absolutely needs to get done. It's it, it, there's no other option, really. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. I, I didn't even think about the fact that we already think the Jets should address the interior defensive line in this draft class. And that's even considering the fact that Quinn and Williams would still be playing there. So then you take him out, say he wants to sit out next season or, um, or, you know, just wants to wait things out until he has a new deal. Then you're like, Holy shit, the interior defensive line. And, and you want to go eight deep. And then it's like, okay, we got Solomon Thomas and who currently it's slated at D tackle. It's, yeah. it, it's not a pretty situation. Um, do you think there is anything to the fact of it being, because he's a he's a transcendent player, he's a fantastic player. But sometimes GMs are so focused on like 
my guys. And even though he's been here the entirety that, that Joga has been around, he wasn't the guy that drafted him. Is there any thought that maybe yeah. this just isn't like a, my guy, but at the same time, he's like, he's the leader of the defense. And we've heard Douglas yeah. praise him again and again and again. I struggle with that. Um, okay. Me too. I just wanted to throw in it out general. There. I don't like love when that's, that's kind of a, a like point thrown around, but even though I do think it, it definitely matters in a lot of situations, yeah. But like a guy like Quinnen, who was drafted, you know, what at fourth overall, and like you already kind of saw the way that the Jets felt about Quinnen being the only guy that they kind of kept from that regime. Like, yeah, like the turnover that this defense has had. I mean, there's some backups and and John Franklin Myers and and CJ Mosley and and Nick Quincy Williams maybe was around before. Uh, I don't think even, but he has kind of been that guy where they were like, listen, I know he's not our guy. We kind of rehauled the whole roster, but we did that with the idea that this guy was going to be, you know, the centerpiece of that defense. And you think about Robert Sala and how much he loves him and needs a guy like that. You think about Joe Douglas who preaches the interior. Like I, I would never think that it's like, Oh, well, he's not my guy. Like if he went out and didn't perform the way he did last year, then maybe I would agree like, oh, he's not their guy. They didn't take the risk on him. So cut bait. But it's like he just went out and was, was an all pro, you know, like that's that's top two player at your position. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it makes I a lot. I, I'm sure that Joe Douglas is aware of Quinn and Williams value. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be more it would make more sense if it was year one or year two and it was a fringe player. But the fact that he's stuck along through this entire regime and, and he's been a guy that has been so. Uh, dominant for them i just it, that does happen you know teams will flush That's out fine. after that first offseason and 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 you're to his to your point he did with a lot of pieces and he kept quinning around so what does that tell you he's pretty important yeah. i think the deal gets done well is there let me ask you this then because we're about to switch into draft talk say our first round pick pick 15 they go defensive tackle do you get a little bit more worried or do you just feel like okay good depth there you know I don't fucking know. <laughs> Joe, that's the thing about Joe Douglas is like he can surprise me at any time. And I and I'm excited to kind of talk about this draft pick because especially now that we've moved back, I really think like the idea that we're 100 percent taking an offensive tackle is is not necessarily true. Um I don't fucking know, dude. What'd you ask me again? If you would be worried <laughs> if they went defensive tackle at pick. 15. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, it would, it would, it would add some fuel to that fire for sure. I would definitely be more worried than I am now. But, but like I said, it's just it. it I guess that's the salute. Like, it's like if you're not going to have Quinn in, what is your plan there? Drafting a guy in the top fifteen is kind of like okay. Here's our plan. Um, but I mean. It's it's imperative in the NFL to get to the quarterback. Like I like that is how defenses are able to stop offenses, and, and we've seen it time and time again, especially over these past years where the Jets have struggled to find D linemen. Like I've seen so many games where you know we're not playing the greatest quarterback, but because he just has so much time, so much time, we can't get home you know, we just lose and we can't stop them. And, and Carl Lawson has been good. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been elite. And to think like, okay, we're, we're going to get rid of Quinn and replace him with a rookie who can hopefully come, come in right away. And then we're going to just really rely on Carl Lawson to be our one elite D lineman. It's just like, that's not that if, if, I just don't see any realistic way that that's on the table for the, for the jets. So I don't know. It's interesting. Mm. And, and, and I, and I, you know, <laughs> Quinn and coming out with this tweet definitely has me a little flustered, Yeah, but how could it not? It, the deal has to get done. It, it has to. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think it gets done. I think it gets done maybe, you know, in, in the coming months after the draft, I don't think it's going to be something that we wake up tomorrow morning and the deal's done. But because yeah, um, I do, I do. The one thing I do believe is when Joe Douglas says he's focused on the draft, he's focused on the draft right now. Yeah. to worry about the, the quit and stuff after. So, um, 
you know, I think I think it'll. And get I think done. even like historically, he'll he'll you know they'll do the draft, and it'll be like, well, now we got to sign on draft free agents, and then he's like, well, now we got to get our rookie contracts in. Like he's gonna like play that game. I would yeah. assume the Quinn and Williams deadline is you know training camp. Like they want to have this deal done before training camp, and you know if he misses out on OTAs, if he misses out on whatever else is going on, it's like that sucks, but. It's also interesting, like, do, do, would you anticipate him to be holding out if a deal isn't done? I guess with the new rules, yes. it would most likely be a hold in where he's just not practicing, yeah. um, but still coming and showing up every day. I, I mean, that's almost a no-brainer. Yeah, I, everybody should at this point. If, if, uh, if, yeah. if you're in that situation where you're, you have the power and you're the, you're the highly guarded you know, prospect. Yeah, especially when you can kind of do that, like where I'm still going to come in and, and, you know, be in meetings and learn the defense and and understand scheme and and do all that. Right. Yeah. Um Any, anything else on the the Quinnen talk? Are you ready to draft? No. No. I'm ready to draft. I uh Let's do it. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I I I just want to I I guess we'll kind of go into it. I just want to talk a little bit again about the pick swap um from yeah. 13 to 15. Just because that that was kind of like other than like holy fuck we got Aaron Rodgers the deal is done like let's go like my my second thought was very quickly like okay so what does this mean now for for that first round pick because we're we're two picks back and kind of everyone's easy story for the Jets has been if one of those top three offensive linemen Skaronski, um, Paris Johnson or um, you got it. What's the name? Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson. Broderick Jones. Broderick. Yep. So if those three guys are gone, the idea was like, well, they'll draft one of those three guys if someone's there. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, moving two, two back, the potential for um, all three of those guys to, be, guys to be there lowers a little bit. And I was kind of hinting at it er- uh, a second ago, but I 100% think that when we like look at when we think about the New York Jets and their draft strategy, they are going to be very loyal to their board. And obviously positional needs and stuff will play into that. But I really do think the Jets are going to be sitting there at 15 and assuming they're not trying to move up or move down. I think they're going to they're going to draft their guy that they think is the best available at that spot. And I don't think it's going to be shocking if all of a sudden, you know, oh, the Jets didn't take an offensive lineman and maybe it was a D lineman or, you know, some other position. I I just think like that possibility is most certainly there. And I think that the move back makes it a little bit more likely. I mean, even you look at last year, it's like we didn't expect them to take a cornerback. And then they did. And a lot of people were like, well, you, you had to take a lineman in one of those top 10 positions. And it's like, okay, well, we didn't but we took one in the third and he actually ended up being okay as, as, as a guy to work in. And it's like, sometimes the, the fan overreaction of like, you have to do this. It's like, maybe, you know, if we take a second or a third round or a fourth round or that can work as well. Yeah. Um, so I just wouldn't 100% book it, especially now that we've moved back a couple. No, of course. And there is Darnell, Wright. You know, he's another tackle that is floating. Yeah. That was the other that, name that I was thinking round. about. So there, there is a chance there as well too. But you're right. We, it, but that's it, the like beauty said, of it. it. It, you know, what do they think of Darnell Wright? What do they think of Broderick? Jones? Like, what do they think of any of these guys? Maybe there's one they don't like that they throw out. You know, like. And, and this is the beauty about what we're about to do. So I, you know, we're we're about I'm to go excited. through PFF's mock draft simulator. So it's going to make all the picks. We are in control of the New York Jets. So we'll only be picking for the Jets. We have. The if you're ability not watching to... on YouTube, we're sharing our, our screen right now. So go yeah, check so it out on see YouTube. It, it, Ignore all my tabs. I have a lot of tabs up. You know what I'll do? I'll just get get rid of those tabs and just make that by itself. Look at that. Look at you going. Now you can't see all the work stuff that I do. I can only um, see session expired. Huh? You must have selected this this like specific window. Oh well, you know what? Fine, you can see my tabs then. Oh, I was yeah, buying tickets to a month. I got a date tomorrow. I'm buying some minor league baseball tickets. Wow, good for you. So the other beauty of this as well, too, is we can make – can you see – what can you see? 
No, I can see. Oh, Ed, I was wondering what what the position E D E stood for. I was like, I've never seen that, but it's yep. for Edge. Edge. Ed there rushers. you go. There you go, big All guy. Right. So um, we're going to start this. It's going to pick for everybody except for the Jets. We also, Teddy, we have the ability to trade if we want to. So if we're sitting in a situation where we want to move back, if we don't like our options, we can uh, toggle along with some teams and make a fair offer, maybe accumulate some day two picks if we need it. Because, you know, taking it right now, we've got 15, 43, 112, 143, and 170. I will be completely honest. I'll be surprised if those are the only selections that the Jets are making uh, this year. I do believe them to be a little bit more active in the days two and three. Um, and, and whether that comes at the expense of trading back and they're able to do that at 15, it's something that is, is a very real uh, scenario. So um, let's not waste time. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, to reiterate that if you had to, you know, force me to make a bet, I would most certainly say some trades with draft picks are going to be happening over the three days of the draft. I do think we should try to, we should try to hold off a little bit if we can, but, but, Let's see how it goes, especially with these first 14 picks. And then I think the one the one trade I would look at is is this first round. I don't think we need to do anything crazy on days two and three. But if we can if we can move back a few slots here from 15, if our tackles aren't there, I think that's not a bad idea for us. Another thing I'm going to try and do um, shout out to Walter football. Uh, they do a really good job of keeping a track of every uh, pro day visit, every private visit, every local visit that every you know organization goes through with some of these prospects. So we are going to try and connect some dots here. Um, Teddy, real fun quarterback that came in for a local visit uh, to the New York Jets. Any guesses? A real fun quarterback? Quarterback prospect, a guy we know and love. In this draft? Yeah. A guy we know and love? A guy we I know don't and know. love. Who? We used to know and love. Tommy DeVito, Illinois. It was a local visit. Oh, yeah? Local visit, visit with there the, for Jets? the Jets. Yeah, took a local visit. Interesting. They, so teams get their top 30 visits where they can bring in guys that, you know, really start to connect a lot of the dots. It's guys that they're interested in. They're bringing in, you know, they're there. They get to choose 30 guys to come in to the organization, uh, meet with everybody there. But on top of that, uh, you can also have, I, I think it's as many local visits as you want. So people that grew up from the area, went to college in the area. So you can do 30 from ah, around the country as your top 30, but you can do like a local pro day where you have guys from the area come on in. So we're going to connect some dots here and try and do that as well, too. Um, we know the positions that the Jets are looking at. So let's just start this bad boy off and, uh, and and you know, officially get on the clock at pick 15. Yeah, let's do it. Taking a little bit There's of a load there. My, my Colts got Anthony the Richardson Colts at number Anthony four. Richardson. All right, so we're sitting here at pick 15. Let's take a look through and see where we're sitting at with some of our guys. This is actually played out really nice for us, Theodore. You know, uh, we've got four quarterbacks off the board, as we thought. Uh, Young, Stroud, Richardson, Levis going seven to the uh, Raiders there. Here's the beauty of it. We're sitting at pick 15. Only tackle, you know, we know that technically listed, Skaronsky is a tackle, but he's also most likely an interior guy. So I, I apologize for not including him in this as well, too. But we're sitting here at pick 15. Um, Paris Johnson is the only true tackle that has been taken, which means Broderick Jones is sitting there for us at 15. Um, so I don't know if there's anything we want to get cute with. We can move back to 17 with the Steelers. We can move to 24 with the Jags. Or we can just go ahead and say the Jets need an offensive tackle. They need to invest in the trenches here. You know, any other guys, you know, Kalijah Cansey has been a name that people have looked at um, for an interior defensive line guy. There's, you know, Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia there as well, too. Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Yeah, I, I think when we're when we're thinking about this pick, and I know I just went on the the rant about push positions, but, you know, I do definitely think tackle is most likely and then you know somewhere on the d line is probably next most likely um so obviously it depends on 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 the jets draft board but but these guys were kind of looking at uh you know nolan smith and and uh the other d lineman up there um i do think you know with this exercise that we're doing we could probably trade back a couple picks and hopefully still get broderick jones but I do, you know, thinking about what the Jets are going to do and what we would project for them. I think if one of these three guys with Skaronsky, Johnson, and and Broderick is on the table, I think they're going to pull the trigger. So my thought is to go ahead and, and, and nab him right here. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking a look at what Pittsburgh would accept. We would be able to get pick 120 looped in there. There's a chance we could get pick 80 as well, too, if we wanted to go and, and move back just two spots. So we could we could send that through if you want, move back two spots, and just hope that the Steelers and the Commanders do not take Jones away from us. Um, but are you worried we might be getting a little too cute there and we should just pull the trigger? I'm a little worried. I got to be honest with you. So pull the trigger. Just get it done. I say pull the trigger. All right, Broderick What Jones. happens if our boy's gone? Well, that's the thing is that we'd have to go defensive line at that point and, and switch up. Because you're right. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers traded up to take Broderick Jones. You know, they, they definitely need yeah, help along the I offensive agree. line. So let's just go. Let's get it done. Broderick Jones, you are a New York Jet. By the way, I wanted to set out a goal here. I want to get one guy right through all this. I want to get one guy. All right. I want to get one Jet that we connect the dots with here. Maybe it's Broderick. Who and you know what? Knows. I yeah. think we did this last year. I think what ended up happening last year is is we had a one or two guys right, but well, obviously we did with number ten. Yeah. But like, I think we, I think you had a guy right, but it was the wrong pick number. You know, if a trade yeah. happens, whatever. But we want to get one guy right, where one of these guys that we draft today will be on the New York Jets. Um, I love it. So go ahead and hit that draft button. Broderick Jones, you are a New York Jet. All right, so now we're skipping ahead here. Um, I wish I, I can do this a little bit faster. Let's just skip right to our next pick. Beautiful pick forty three. Oh, we look are at 40, that. oh my God! Look who the look who our boys the Packers picked with after 42 all that. Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. Well, that's cute. Fine well, by me. All right, Teddy. All right. We're sitting what here at forty three. Um, I, you know, to me, I got to take a look. Let's see who's available on the interior offensive line. If we've got our center available, it does look like he might be taken. Let me take a look. Yep. John Mitchell Schmitz, Michael Schmitz. He went to the Colts. Oh, I'm so sorry. We should have, uh, damn. He was a guy that the Colts, uh, the, the Colts, the jets brought in for just about every visit possible. So they know they were taking a look at an interior guy. We didn't even fucking talk while we're here. Teddy talking about the center position. Uh, we have our center. Oh Yeah. Back. Our bad, Connor. We did resign Connor McGovern. Connor I've been McGovern. predicting it the past couple episodes um, really? that I thought we were going to end up resigning him, and and yes, we did. Um, well, so let me ask you here, Blake. So, so John Michael Schmitz was is kind of the the premier um, center when you are looking at um, if you could pull the names up for me again, but it was yeah. Whipler and then. The guy below him uh, are two guys, uh, Tipman, Whipler and Tipman. Um, and then there's also, I'm, I'm looking at Avila. Uh, but Whipler and Tipman are two guys I've heard um, good things about. I've heard people, but, you know, say both of like separate people say that that's their favorite guy um, between the two of them. Like I've yeah. heard some people say Whipler, some people say Tipman. I mean, do you think uh, uh, one of these other center options is a possibility here? Um, or, or in your mind, is it kind of, uh, Michael Schmitz or, or bust? I mean, I know, I know people that have Michael Schmitz below Tipman. Um, so it yeah. isn't a consensus around the board. So there is this, this Tipman buzz out there. Wisconsin is a breeding house, uh, for, for centers as well, too. I'm going to take a look through real quick and make sure that there hasn't been, I want to see if there's been any visits with any of these centers here. Um, I don't know. Where do you stand on it? They, they did bring in, you know, he's more of a guard, but Chandler's Avela, they did a, a private workout with him as well, too. They brought him in for a top 30 visit. So he's another guy on the interior side of things. He's a little bit more, I would say, a a later day two pick. Um, but where do you stand on with any of these centers here? Do you have any preference? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a, uh, uh, I, I didn't scout them. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> you didn't, didn't, you didn't scout and, centers? And watch the center tape this didn't get year. On the center no, tape? I, I didn't go through my top. As a former, but, as a former center, but, I'm disappointed in you. That's true. I did used to play center back in, in elementary school. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, just based on what I've been hearing and stuff, if, if the Jets want to take their guy here and one of, one of these guys available is their guy, I, I definitely think that's the play. Um, I would be interested to to take a gander at, at the D linemen and the the safeties and linebackers that that could yeah. potentially be available. But to Let's be fair, it. you know, looking at at, at these lists, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to pick out exactly which guy I would like the most. Um, but you know, this is hey, there's our boy Nick Herbig, uh, Nate Herbig's little brother, right? Oh, nice. Let's go get um, it done. <laughs> but this I, is this is 
it's it's a cool spot to be like i like the second round because it's always just that hopeful pick of like just take a position you need and hopefully this guy can, can blossom into something real I would say I I would I wouldn't hate going Tipman get that center position locked down. I also know that the Jets have brought in BJ Ojolari, edge rusher out of LSU, um, for some visits, and this is right around the range that he would be going in. Um, you know, he's taken. I'm trying to see where most people have him. Consensus around like the the top five six edge rushers in this class. Um, the beast, which Dane Brugler always puts out for the Athletic, has him as the 33rd overall player. Uh, in this class, a so good value there. No, it's not a a positional need as as big as defensive tackle. Um, obviously, McGovern back there at center as well too now. So it's not that we don't have somebody at center, but maybe that's something the Jets could take a look on a little bit later if they wanted. But there is going to be a big drop off between where the pick is here. You know, this is a big drop off going from forty three to one twelve. So you know, whatever position we go with here, the the subsequent ones aren't, aren't going to be as, as premier of a guy as we want. So where do you lean edge versus interior O-line? Yeah, you know, I, I I like the argument for both right now, you know, especially with the with the connection that you just brought up with Ojolari. I, I'm going to lean edge a little bit just because I do think, you know, like you just got to think about who are, who are, you know, head coaches and who are our GM is. And, and these guys are not ever going to be satisfied on that D line. And, and they understand the the importance of elite edge rushers, you know, um, and we're sitting here with, with Carl Lawson, you know, not guaranteed to come back after this year. And behind that, we got, you know, Bryce Huff and, and not really a ton of other edge rushers. So for me, I, I, I lean edge here. All right, good. I do too. I think let's go and do BJ Ojolari. I do want to say one more thing, just to circle back to the center conversation. Uh, it doesn't look like they've done more work on anybody more than they have with John Michael Schmitz. Matt with him at the combine, brought him in for a private workout, um, top 30 visit, did another workout. We're at his pro day. If this gets to this point where it's early round two, we've seen Joe Douglas being willing to move up a few spots to get his guy. If he's worried yeah, at the beginning of the be second cool. round that he's not going to make it there, that that could be a position where the Jets are a little bit more aggressive. And instead of moving back to get more picks, uh, maybe they're they're looking up a little bit more. And hey, in that situation where we didn't trade back from 15 either, maybe they do move back a few spots, you know, get a Darnell yeah. right in the late teens. And then, you know, maybe they got an early second back because of it. So definitely keep an eye on that. But I agree. Let's go get another edge. We want, you know, four to five guys in that edge group that can just go and get it done. And BJ Ojolari is a good fit for the defense. So welcome to New York. Hell yeah. And now, and now it's we skip. have the long way to pick 112. <laughs> All the way to pick 112. And this is where this is where this is gonna get a little uh <laughs> this is where funky. I'll be honest, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna take a look at positional needs and we're gonna connect yes. dots with with guys that have been meeting. So, you know, we still have yet to address the interior defensive line. Linebacker is another position Let's think about linebacker take a look and safety at, as well. Put safety in there. Um, we can also put in some interior offensive linemen. Uh, look, they they have also yeah. been meeting. I, I've got a bunch of meetings on here with with running backs, wide receivers. So you know we can. Uh, this gets to that point of the draft where the Jets aren't going to be. I think it's more so just like you said. What's the board? Where are the yeah. the guys at on the board that they want? Um, you know, <laughs> could go and get. I, I literally <laughs> was just going to say pick him. <laughs> You're not going to get any analysis from me on these guys. I'm, I'm going to come out and just say it right now. So we're going to go so and get me. Ivan, I'm an Ivan Pace boy. Ivan out of Pace Cincinnati. guy. It doesn't seem to be like a, a contest. I guess we're outside of the top. I've been dying. At this point. I've been dying for the Jets to 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 draft a linebacker. That's like, an actual linebacker. Yeah. Well, let's take and, a look at some I, linebackers they've met with. Let me go through this real quick. We can find yeah, some here. Read me a few. Uh, not a lot so far. Uh, any Dorian Williams? Got... Jesus, no, got, barely any line. We've got Reed Nickerson, outside linebacker. Nice. Uh, nope. He's not, probably don't not see even. any of that there. Uh, that's up. Dayon Henley out of Washington State. I guess I'm looking at a lot of positions here, so let's just see if there's any of those guys here. I think we got to uh, – I'm assuming all most of the guys they met with Will not be here. D Winters guy I've been hearing about out of uh uh TCU. 
um, the 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 Q kid, Michael Jones. But I mean, these are probably later picks than what we're looking at right here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Oh. I say we just go with our guts. Ivan Pace Jr. is is that boy. Ivan Pace is he even a good fit. Maybe we don't even know. You would go. You would go linebacker here. We still haven't addressed the interior D line. This is we where yeah, safety. I, I I wouldn't. You know, we're in that we're in this kind of position where I'm not expecting any even our first round draft pick. I'm really not expecting any of these guys to be drafted to to play right away. You know, mm-hmm. so when we think about positional needs, it's really, you know, where do we need the depth? Where are we lacking there? And I think about, you know, safety, linebacker, inside the line, inside offensive line. Like that's where it seems like our, our you know, backups could could use some work, especially like positions like like the offensive and defensive line. Those are types of things where people are going to get injured and you're going to be throwing in guys. And a lot of times you're signing guys off the street to come in and start. And so really any dart throws and, and, you know, we're, what are we, we're in the fourth round here at pick one twelve. I, I am 100% just kind of with, you know, let's think about who, who, what kind of positions we need and just kind of rip it. So let's just do it for the fun. Then let's go get Ivan Pace jr. All right. You ready? Pick him up. My cousin officially a jet. Look at that. All right. Yeah, you're right. Once we, once we get to this point, we're we're basically just throwing darts at the board. Um, Anthony Johnson's been a bit, been on there for a while. He has seems. been. Let's see. Is, have they done any? Have, they t- have the Jets Anthony Morris, the guard. I to me, you know, it's funny. I I, I wouldn't be surprised as, as well too with the Jets here. I know that they've got such a. I feel like they're going to end up coming away with this draft with another cornerback as well too. I just think they're going to be looking for another guy, whether it's like a, a slot corner they can work with or another guy that they can just get the depth in there. Um, I know they have the fantastic duo up top, obviously with Reed and, and Gardner, but wouldn't surprise me as well too because it seems to be like a position that I don't know. I it, it, I just. Yeah. Where do you where do you lean here? Is there anything anything appealing to you? I don't know. I uh, I do you have any any thoughts of you know the possibility of a Jets taking a quarterback in this draft? Oh my boy, Sean Tucker. Um, you know, I just kind of want to throw this out because I think it's something a lot of people you know before the Rodgers stuff probably thought about. You know are we going to sign a veteran like Derek Carr and then bring in a, a fourth or fifth round QB and, you know, maybe just see if, if in a year or two they can develop in something. My thought, you know, with the limited draft picks with we, that we have with Zach Wilson and um, Aaron Rodgers is kind of like the plan. I wouldn't assume that they're going to, you know, try to take a quarterback with one of these late picks, but, but do you have a, a thought there? I don't think they will. Um, I, I wouldn't hate for them to, I, obviously, I, I I don't know. I feel like this class is really out. Even some of the top four guys, I think uh, people have their, their qualms with all of them. So it's not like, I don't think there's, I don't really think there's a diamond in the rough here. Um, I think with Boyle and, and Wilson and, and they've been adamant that Wilson is going to be the two there. I, I just, I think throwing another pick away where you could go and get a guy to potentially I forgot about Boyle compete. too. Yeah. That yeah. Almost, I just, that almost I, certainly I, erases that. I think when you're going to, it would be tough to go and address that position when it's like, well, we could really use more depth on the D line or the offensive yeah. line or at safety or at line. Especially like, like those thinking about that positions. Chad Morgan pick where we just like took a fourth round QB. It, you know, it, it just turned out to be a throwaway draft pick. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. That one. So, exactly. So, yeah. Um, I got to tell you, Blake, I really think here we should just, you know, select two names. Yeah, that's and, that's, uh, and you hit that way. point where you're you're a little messy here with it. Is there a position you want to go just, with? So we've gone, mm, we've gone tackle, take we've our center gone here, edge. We've gone linebacker. Trying to see if there's any names that match up. If an interior guy is available, Alasugan Aluwatimi. Yeah, Juice Scruggs out of Penn State. That's a pretty cool name. Center cool out of Penn name. State. We could take uh, Sean Tucker. Juice and Sauce. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't just either, having, my guy. I'm, I'm having some fun. Andrew you know, Maurice. a surprising amount of uh, tight end meetings as well, too, that they've taken. Um, yeah, which, I mean, I guess you got 
Uzama and Conklin are both coming back, correct? But I yeah. assume this is kind of their last year on both their deals. Um, Any wide receivers that interest you? I'm, you know, I'm putting you that through could be a possibility. I, I, I like, I like, I like uh, Ronnie Bell out of Michigan. That's a name I'm seeing here. I don't really recognize a bunch of the others. Um, Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia is someone I've heard about. Um, you know, I definitely think wide receivers on the table if that's where we want to go. Um, I, I am looking at Anthony Johnson Jr. here. He's kind of the number one on the ADP, and he's a safety. You know, that's another position I'd like the Jets to to think about drafting at. Um, but you know, like I said, I really think any of these names is a possibility. All right, let's 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 go get our safety then. Let's go get Anthony Johnson Jr. and then we'll fill in the rest here at the end. Maybe we can go with an interior guy and really address. Well, fuck, because we're then we're sitting at that point we haven't gone D tackle either. So we're we're leaving out one part of the trenches: the interior offensive line or the interior. That's going to have to do that. I'm going to make you pick. I'm going to make you pick which one we're getting rid of. So we're here at 170. Gun safety taken care of. Let's just we're, we're now we're going interior offensive line or we're going interior defensive line so we got some names here i'm gonna see real quick is there talk to me through the I, position that you would be more comfortable the jets going not taking as i look through know, some of these names here yeah yeah i think that's the way to frame it especially because because we can't really be expecting these these fifth round picks to to be impact players um i would prefer the jets to address inside o-line over inside D line. And I think yeah. that's primarily just, um, you know, finding good interior linemen in the NFL is a very difficult thing. There aren't a ton of them. And, you know, I, I really think one of the best strategies is just get as many guys as you can and hopefully they can, they can kind of figure it out. Cause odds are they're going to have to play with the amount of guys who get injured throughout the, uh, throughout the season interior d-line i mean it's the same story you want a lot of guys and you want people but i i you know maybe it's incorrect but to me there's a larger pool of nfl interior d-linemen who could come in than there are who are interior o-linemen so i think if there's people you like if you've been scouting and you've been preparing for this pick 170 and and there's a, a an inside o-lineman i definitely prefer that they lean that hmm i don't know i i i agree i think I don't know. I I wish we had were able to get um. I wish we were able to get. Why can't I think of his name now? Michael Schmitz before, just because I do believe that that's. I believe in my heart of hearts that at the end of the day, the Jets do land him somewhere in the second round. Um, because it doesn't seem like they've. Done I much struggle work to think he's going to be there. Class. I think they'd have to to trade up. I think they're going to have to move up. I think they'll have to move up into the thirties. You can move up into the thirties yeah. for that. I just I don't know if yeah. It doesn't seem like they've done much of any work on centers outside of him. And so when I see that and I'm like, well, it seems like they're either, you know, Schmitz or bust. It kind of makes me think that they're going to mm -hmm. either get him or just kind of fall through the class. I'm just going to go. I want to do one dark right. connect with a guy that they've met with. Uh, Broderick Martin is do sitting it. here. He makes sense um, in terms of, you know, ADP rank in there. He's, you know, uh, on the consensus he board, he is ranked 163 in this class. We're sitting at pick 170. He has come in for a private D visit, lineman. done a workout, interior defensive guy. Maybe this is the guy we get right. Maybe Broderick Martin is a Jet. So so let's go in there and we'll finish Take off this, this Jet class. So we ignore center, but we walk away here and it's going to go through and it will tell us how we did at the end, analyzing our draft. And the grade is, I don't want to tell people, and we got a B. You know, oh, geez. The B. They hey. didn't like our BJ Ojolari pick. They didn't like the BJ pick. Every other pick, though, you know, B or yeah. B or higher, B minus. A minus higher. on Broderick Jones, C minus on. And you BJ. know these grades, these draft grades are all bullshit. That's my favorite, yeah. like, uh, like the predictable storylines that just happen every year. Like draft happens, oh. draft grades come out. Everyone's and then everyone's just favorite line is to be like, let's all remember draft grades don't mean everything, but we're gonna yep. talk about them anyway. Like I just. Just exactly. So classic. It's like uh, it, my favorite one is um, in 2000. 
17, 18 was it? They they graded they, they said that the Colts had like one of the worst drafts and 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 it said the worst the single worst pick of the draft was the Colts taking at pick 36 a uh, young linebacker named Darius Leonard who's then gone ah, on to just yes. be like a freak show. Like it it happens and it's going to happen I remember again that terrible pick. Oh god. Was that a so Was that, that a, a Jets pick? No. no, you gave us our that, right that was tackle. The year before. You gave us that was 2018. Um, who was our right tackle? Uh, the year uh, after I met. Uh, 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 Braden. That really good guy. You gave us Braden yeah. Smith out of Auburn. Yeah, so that was a good one. Well, that was fun, Theodore. Yeah, that, that was, was nice. fun. We addressed and you know what else is fun? What's fun? We are officially there. I mean, we're we're about to wrap this one up, and then the next time uh we uh we record again, the the NFL draft will have happened. So pretty yeah. exciting. It's been a well, it's been a you know pretty fun off season so far. Little little rest time for us. We took a few weeks off, but and we're go. and we're gonna hit that point as well too, where we'll, we'll it'll be like the day before recording and be like, so what are we? So what, what do we, we feel like about? talking about today? Because this is going to be a little rough here. We're going to hit that. Yeah. It would be nice if we still had some Aaron Rodgers drama, it is. but it seems like that's already, you know, that's finished up for us. So. Yeah. It's a fun time, though, where we can kind of just, you know, not obviously for, you know, the 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 coming weeks, there will probably be news and things to talk about, um, especially next week. But when we do get into that situation where it's like, all right, like I, I think it's a little fun to kind of be able to make our own our own, you know, maybe early bettings or, 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 yeah. or just kind of random episodes that we think are fun. Um, yeah, we can, we can one talk of my favorite about things about oh, go ahead. the way that we do our podcast is, is I don't think Blake and I put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be, you know, the smartest people in the room or, or anything like that, but we like to have fun. We like to talk about the jets. So, you know, I love the I, off season pods almost because it's just fun to, to kind of make up our own own shit. I truly think you could put the two of us on microphones and just like you could we could draw a random topic out of a hat and have an hour long conversation. Oh, oh yeah, like we, we just you we should have heard us all we, weekend. The, yeah, people uh, are missing out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we brought up some crazy crazy stories. Over yeah, the weekend. yeah, it's always we, good to get really together good. and uh, reminisce. Reminisce, yeah. especially when you've got what like 15, 18 years now. Yeah, we got we got a lot Long of time, time to talk there. All right, well, Teddy, I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited to see where the Jets pull out on this. I I am going to be a little, you know, I have to be honest, this is a very big draft coming up for my Colts, so I'm I'm a little bit more focused on where Indianapolis goes at the fourth overall pick. Um, Uh, When's the last time the Colts won a Super Bowl? 2007? 2000, uh, yeah, 6-7 season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 2006, so chasing, next week should we do a chasing 06 episode? Chasing 06, where I hype up how the Colts now have Will Levis and he's going to leave. Here's a question for you. Yeah. After we win the Super Bowl this upcoming season, do we have to change the name of our podcast or do we just let it ride? I think we have to just jump off a building at that point. Yeah, see, because that's the funny thing. I think when I came, when I was like, Let's if you do think this- the Jets winning a Super Bowl by <laughs> next week is going to be jumping off the building, <laughs> you're not, you're not correct. You, that's well, that's going to be the correct. peak of your life. It's not going to get any better from that point. So you're like, well, I just got to yeah. finish out on top. You got to pay. But honestly, that shit. yeah, yeah, I, I do think <laughs> it. You know, I like like NFL. It's all about this upcoming year. But if the Jets win one, I will. I'll give them a break for a while. I'll be. I'll be pretty content with whatever goes down if we get one under our belts. Yeah, I I don't know what we do about the name. That would be interesting. Um, I guess it's a bridge we can cross when we get there. We might yeah. be getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but you know, you think it's fun to be. Oh, I was gonna say we you were. T- I was gonna joke. You you were mentioning about the draft bets that we could do like an early gambling show. When it made me remember when we talked about Elijah Moore having a thousand yard season. I know. R.I.P. <laughs> Took the overall Zach Wilson stance. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. All right. Well, in, yeah. Maybe what? this year we can take the over on Aaron Rodgers stats. Well, we can. We very we we, <laughs> we, we will. can. He's we a will. he's a fucking New York Jet, Teddy Pristash. How exciting! Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, enjoy the draft. Enjoy your weekends. We'll talk to you next week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at nyj underscore chasing sixty nine. Same as YouTube. Teddy at Teddy Hunt Show. I am at Spring Blake. We love you. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>